You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Life can be hard, and sometimes you just need an internet bestie to help you out. That's where I come in. Welcome to the Dear Imani Podcast, an advice-based show that reminds you to put yourself first and live in your purpose. And don't worry, I'll always give you the real tea. Need advice or have a story? Send me a message on our Instagram at Dear Imani Podcast or DearImani.com. Tune in every Friday for a new episode. See you there. Sincerely, Imani. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dear Imani podcast. I'm your host, Imani, obviously. So welcome back to the studio. We are here, and I have a very special guest. She is a model, an entrepreneur, a creator, a dancer, the founder of Baltaraj, and also was in Sports Illustrated. So give it up for Christy Val. Yes! Hey, welcome to Dear Imani. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for coming, making the drive down, and just being here. I'm so excited to have you. Same. I'm so excited to talk to you. And actually, I've followed your journey um, a while now, like watching you on Sports Illustrated and everything, because I also have had friends that have done the swim search and whatnot. Um, But then also, we were just talking before we recorded, is that you're friends with Susie, um, which that's how we that's connected, how we connected yeah. and I was like oh I'm gonna reach out I'm like if she's friends with Susie Susie's so sweet that's how and I the felt best. about you yeah I was like we, we're all just gonna be friends yeah. so I was like I'm gonna reach out to her and slide in her dms and ask her if she'll come on the show and she did and she's here, we here. Are. yay so thank you so much all right so we have a lot of things to touch on to talk about and we're just gonna kind of just take each step one by one but we're gonna start off with your childhood. So how was growing up? Where did you grow up? Um, what brought you down to LA? All the things. I am from Philly, Pennsylvania. So the East Coast. I grew up in a ballet company, like very strict ballet, seven days a week. Um, I went to a Catholic school. Wouldn't do that again. If I got to <laughs> Anyone's wondering, wouldn't do that again. Um, I went to Penn State for dance um, and pursued dance and then moved to New York to dance. And then I guess that's kind of my getting into my adulthood. But yeah, I was like a very hardcore dancer growing up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we were touching base how I'm a dancer too. I grew up in the studio though. So if you ever watch Dance Moms and that was like my life, the Abby Lee Miller, the Maddie Ziegler, all of that competitions. But they're very similar but different worlds too. Like I didn't grow up um, like training, training hardcore in ballet. Right. So how was that? Because I know that's super intense. So intense. And like the discipline, like we were talking mm-hmm. about, is like so strict and like what you wear. There's no, zero expression of yourself or like it was leotards, black leotards, pink tights. Um, we did like three or four like professional shows a year, like Nutcracker, Dracula, different stuff. And we had rehearsals all weekend. So it was very much like contained. Like I know a lot of my friends who grew up competition dancing were like traveling all over, doing solos, getting mm-hmm. like being stars. Right. But in but in a ballet company, it's all, like, you have to fit in. You're, like, mm. an ensemble. There's no, like, really expression. Like, as right. I reflect, I'm, like, it's so different than competition dance. Yeah, totally. And there's just not that freedom right. in the same way. And then I'm kind of thinking about, like, movies like Center Stage and whatnot. Mm. Is some of that kind of true? Is that what happens in when it comes to body image or anything oh, like that? Yeah. I mean, everyone that I grew up dancing with would, like, just drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. Wow. At, like, yeah. as their diet. Mm-hmm. Literally. For, yeah. Like, a little oh bit better gosh. explanation. Yeah. Like, that was the diet. Yeah. So I was, yeah, very exposed to that and around that growing up, for sure. Yeah. And that's so hard just because the industry that we're both in now, entertainment, and then going back to that, it's like you're constantly having to think about your look, your image, all of that. But in the ballet world, it's like 10 times more, I feel like. Right. Um, and, the, and the, like, body type for a ballerina yeah. is, like, there's no like 
give give like leeway. It's like you have to look a certain way as a as a ballerina, and some people's bodies are just not created like that. Right. So that was a whole thing for people growing up, just mm-hmm. like seeing what like the prima ballerinas look like, and you're not having that body right. type. You have curves and you have whatnot. So mm-hmm. that was a whole aspect of it as well. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully times have changed a little bit. I've seen. I feel like we've seen ballerinas come out and come forward and it's like oh wow like they look different compared to what we've seen right. before which is great so you grew up going to catholic school and a ballerina so is that feels that feels like a very strict background <laughs> i'm like, I was like, here, like what was childhood like now i'm wild that's <laughs> yeah. what it's like that's why yeah. like, definitely wow. more crazy now because it was so like strict i guess yeah. growing oh, up yeah wow. so catholic school was like yeah my skirt had to be a certain length oh, my gosh, i couldn't yeah. i had hair obviously growing up and um, you couldn't dye your hair. You couldn't wear makeup. I couldn't wear nail polish. It was so just – there was zero expression as yeah. I, like, grow up and um, have lost my hair and I'm, like, in this industry and I lead – I have a, my own company and stuff. I'm just more aware of, like, giving kids the opportunity to express themselves and be more in touch with what they want rather yeah. than – looking like this and doing this yeah yeah i'm like now look at her she has a crop top one. Oh, dark nails <laughs> always holes in the jeans a little nose piercing <laughs> if you will <laughs> she's a bad bitch yeah we're getting there yeah. <laughs> awesome okay cool so you said um so we brought you to you went to new york and then now you're in la just pursuing like you came for a tele to pursue dance as well yeah it yeah. was more like i lost all my hair and okay. then i was like i need to get out of my my area i need to yeah. like restart Mm-hmm. So I moved across the country for that, but also I was in New York to dance. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to come to L.A. to dance. But a part of me was like, no, I need to, like, restart my life yeah. in a new city. Yeah. What was New York like in pursuing dance? Because as a dancer, I have friends that want to go to New York or mm-hmm. they want to be a rocket or do Broadway. What was your goal in New York? Yeah, I had just graduated from Penn State and I moved there and my hair was like starting to fall out. Mm-hmm. But I was so like, I want to be on a cruise ship. At the time, I wanted to dance on a cruise. Mm-hmm because I grew up going to cruises with my family. And New York is very hustle, you know, like hustle culture. It's cold. You're waking up early. You're going to bed late. Like, um, you're grinding. And the performance aspect is very theatrical, rocket. And I wanted to do more, like, commercial. So that's why I made – I definitely, like, that was a part of why I made the switch. Yeah. But um, I booked a cruise when I was there. Like, that was my dream at the time. Yeah. So then I got out of New York to go do this cruise. Oh, okay. What cruise yeah. did you do? I will not. Oh. <laughs> because I hate that cruise. They <laughs> fired me. So we want to totally okay. exploit them. I will. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, just look on my Instagram or something. Okay, okay, okay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> That's so funny. My friends do, like, cruises because you guys don't work at Disney, but uh-huh, cru- right. Disney Cruise Lines or yeah. – like um, Royal Caribbean or whatever yeah. they do, but that's so funny. <laughs> okay, we won't mention it here then. <laughs> All righty. So how was your confidence growing up? Yeah, um, I love these childhood questions. My yeah. friend was just doing an interview with me the other day, and we were talking a lot about childhood. And it was making me really reflect on how much of your childhood totally. is in who you are as a as a woman. 100%. In, in your 20s. Or in and your, that's why I like yeah. to kind of start with these questions when I'm talking to someone because a lot of times people come in and you like you know what the bulk of our conversation is going to be about but it's also like you are that's just a part of your story that's not just your whole right. story so I'm like let's just take it back, back to the it. beginning oh I love <laughs> it and it brings me back and it yeah. makes me it like it's therapeutic you know yeah. to talk oh, about it yeah um, with the camera and the lights yeah. and all that, going through it <laughs> yeah but um I what was the question oh how was your confidence oh yeah up? my yeah. confidence yeah um I would say 
I was really confident. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was the stereotype of like a, a beautiful girl in in a in the lack of a better explanation. Like where I grew up, I feel like I looked up to girls with blonde hair that were outgoing and were cheerleaders and were dancers and like that was who I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I didn't have any like pullback or any resistance mm -hmm. in confidence or in self-image or self-esteem. That came in my 20s, yeah. <laughs> of course. Like, but growing up, I was very um, I was very secure and confident, yeah. I think. Yeah. I love that, too. I actually just spoke to kids yesterday. My friend's a teacher. Yeah. And then I would just speak into them. Like, a, she's an elementary school teacher, first graders. And they're just so confident. Mm -hmm. And I do love that. Because I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, I want to be a superstar. Yep. And at that moment, you really believe that. Because you should. And you Aww. can. But I'm like, then as we get older... Different circumstances, you have to put food on the table, society, right. all these different things, like, get variables get in the way of you believing that you could be that superstar or whatever it is. But as a child, you're just, like, a lot of kids are really confident, and then they just grow out of it because yeah. it's just what happens, which is so sad. It's sad, and they're yeah. so pure and, like, mm -hmm. really, they're just, like, unapologetic. They're just mm -hmm. showing up as they are, and they're not having all these doubts and and these self-love problems like yeah. you have as you grow up mm -hmm. so yeah I just feel like I was exposed to like what I looked like. like you know all the magazines everything back in the day I feel like were these like bombshell blonde big yeah. titty yeah. girls yeah. Yeah. like like saw myself yeah. <laughs> so like as I look back I'm like I saw myself in that so yeah. I I don't think I had much problems with my confidence mm -hmm. in that yeah, way. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It was giving like stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love that. <laughs> but it, I feel like now that I've gone through what I've gone through, I kind of wish I had a little bit more mm. of that growing up so it wasn't so like abrupt when mm. I went through my whole life change. Yeah. My hair. So yeah. 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 And now getting into that. So I really just wanted you to kind of just start off telling the story of like when you found out that you had alopecia and what that looked like for you. Yeah. I was living in, I just graduated Penn State. I was living in New York and was pursuing dance. I was in a dance program. And I found like a tiny bald patch on the top of my head. And I was like, the sun or pulling my hair up in a ponytail too tight or whatever. I did not think like, at, like I was saying, I felt when it started happening, I felt invincible because mm -hmm. nothing had really have ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is nothing. This is going to grow back. Like this doesn't happen to me. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way when they, like, they, you feel invincible until, like, some shit hits the fan and you're like, I never thought that this would happen to me. So it was falling out and I was, like, freaking out. I'm like, what's going on? Why is this happening? I was going through, like, a really toxic, bad relationship at the time. And I went to this dermatologist in New York and she's, like, looking and scanning my head. And she's just like, I think it's alopecia, but, like, I don't know why it's falling out so bad, but, like, I'm going to say that it's alopecia. And then, like, every day for the next however many days, I would just Google search alopecia. What can I do? What is it? How do I fix it? And, like, it just sucks my happiness out of me. I'm just – I didn't care about anything. I was just so focused on, like, what is happening to me and I need to fix this. And then I booked the job on the cruise. And I could, like, cover it up. Like, I had patches, but I could cover it up. I was wearing extensions, the whole mm -hmm. thing. And then within, like, six weeks, I was fired. So then after that, that was traumatic. And then I lost it all within three weeks. Wow. So I was completely bald after losing that job. That's so fast, too. Yeah. Like, and some so people fast. it happens like, like that was a, over a span of like six months from when it started to getting fired to the a couple weeks, three weeks it was gone. Mm -hmm. But some people it literally happens within a month. 
And the only symptoms is like you just start losing your hair. Yeah. Like there's nothing else that. I mean, some people I would say um, have like other autoimmune okay. things. But mm -hmm. personally for me, it's, it was only lo loss of hair. Had no wow. other anything going on. Yeah. Just was this happy-go-lucky girl. And then boom, it's like. Oh, now I'm bald? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's a, pivot. <laughs> that, yeah, that's such a huge adjustment. And especially for a lot of women, like, hair is, pe people, like, hold on to their hair because that's what makes them feel feminine or, like, mm -hmm. feel like they have worth. Um, and I feel like in the black community, too, it's like yeah. hair is such, like, a part of our identity. So I feel like it's, that's, like, such a hard thing to have to go through for, I think, any woman just totally. because we hold on to our hair so much. Like, people don't even want to get haircuts. Because oh, they're I like, know. don't cut off too much. Like, oh, it's like scared. Like it's scared. like your crown and glory. And it's yeah. like makes you feminine. And you, mm -hmm. it's like a safety net too. Mm -hmm. Like when you have hair, you can like hide I, under it. Yeah. This is like when you're bald, you're so exposed. Yeah. So there's many layers to yeah. the, the adjustment. Yeah. Did you feel attached to your hair before? I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like as a woman, yeah, I had like long blonde hair. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would, yeah, for sure. And like just graduating college and going into the dance world and entertainment mm -hmm. industry, like literally 95% of it is what you look like, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like in this program and we're having like mock auditions and they're like, okay, do your hair up this way or whatever. And I'm like trying to braid it and like part it and like move the part to hide the bald patches. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like I was going to sit at a desk yeah. behind a desk and just yeah. do that all day. Like I was putting myself out there mm -hmm. while my look is like changing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then so how did your family and friends or peers react or support you during that time? Yeah, um, I feel like really good. I don't think anyone really knows what to say. Mm -hmm. And like over the past, it's been like six years, over the past six years, people have definitely close to me have said things that have offended me mm -hmm. just by not knowing mm -hmm. like how to handle it and like where I'm personally at in mm -hmm. my journey. And I think that goes with anything. If you're going through something, um, people don't know the part like the where you're at personally with it so they're trying to be there and like support you but don't know exactly where you're how you're feeling about mm -hmm. it but I feel like my friends and family everyone was very supportive but at the end of the day like you don't no one understands what it's like unless you've lost your hair right and with anything you don't you really don't understand mm -hmm. what someone's going through unless you've walked in their shoes right you know yeah yeah and so did you wear wigs right immediately after? And like, how long did that take you for you to feel confident to not have to wear the wig? Or you feel like I didn't, I don't need a wig. Yeah, no, I definitely was like, where's the blonde wig? Yeah, it on my head. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I literally glued it on my head mm -hmm. that like I slept, I worked out, I went to hot yoga, like everything mm -hmm. showered in this wig. Mm -hmm. It was like, I felt like I was making it my hair. Mm -hmm. So I immediately found a wig to glue on. It was like permanently glued on. And then I booked a flight out to LA and was like, okay, for I'm just gonna like try to be who I thought I was, like who I used to be out in LA, this blonde girl just with fake hair. I'm not gonna tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And then for like a year, I wore a wig and like tried to get on with my life and just hide under this wig. And like if someone was like, oh, well, what's your natural color hair? Or is this a wig? Or are you wearing extensions? And like be looking at my mm -hmm. hairline, it would completely break me I'd go yeah. in the bathroom or go wherever and like cry and like it was just time after time again I was like this is destroying me mm -hmm. like that I can't tell anyone and then I'm trying to be something that I'm not anymore mm -hmm. so for like I would say like a little over a year I wore yeah. a wig yeah. and that's so hard because a lot of women wear wigs and like black women we play with our hair all totally. the time but it's different when 
it's like taken away from you and it think something that you couldn't control. Yeah. And then so when someone's if someone's like asking you about your hair or extensions, that's gonna feel different for you than maybe exactly. for the next woman. That's so true. Yeah. So that's like a lot of I mean, it comes from like the the confidence that you have within, which I know I'm sure is a lot different now. But right. um did you feel like or do you feel like you have to explain like your baldness, like whether it's dating or friends or when you walk into a room, just because because of the fact that sometimes people could think it's mm -hmm. like cancer. Totally. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that happens a lot to not particularly to me. I mm -hmm. don't have, I've had cancer comments, but mm -hmm. I work with a lot of little girls mm. and they're not wearing like makeup and drawing in their stuff and whatnot. Yeah. So that happens to them. The cancer comments are all the time to mm -hmm. the kids. Um, but I used to feel like I had to explain it. I definitely went through a period that I was like, people are looking and they're wondering. And now I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you curse? No, you're all, yeah. I stay cussing. This is okay. just a PG because it's a okay. good topic. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, that just slipped out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't care now. I'm like, I am so grateful that I'm at this point that like for the past five years, I've gotten myself here. But I don't care. I'm like, if I can hold my head up high and walk into a room confidently, like people are going to perceive me that way. Right. And even if I don't feel it, but if I like own it, people, that's how people are going to perceive me because I'm owning it so hard. And, um, but it, I've definitely went through a period that I had to be like, oh, well, I'm bald because I just have alopecia. And I just like had to like explain it. Yeah. And that gets exhausting. Yeah. Like people, other people aren't explaining, oh, well, I just dyed my hair blonde. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I want that gap to be smaller that it's just, this is a look. You have, you're wearing extensions, you're yeah. wearing a wig, you have blonde hair, you have red hair, whatever it is. And I just don't have hair. Like, I mm -hmm. just want it to be more equal, like, more on mm -hmm. the same same playing field, I guess. Yeah. Not, like, why? What's wrong? Yeah. I always say it's literally a hairstyle. Like I know. <laughs> yeah. And the more that I'm, like, rocking it and mm -hmm. getting more confident with it and walking it with my head held, held up high, people are thinking – People are like, oh, it must just be a look. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like, love that. I want that. I don't want it to be like, what's wrong? You right. Know, yeah, what's yeah. the story? No. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so how was your getting ready routine? Like, how did that how did that affect your mental? Like, you go from getting ready and you're, like, brushing your hair, like, filling in your brows, like, how people typically would versus, like, you're losing your hair and how you – basically, like, what was the mental state of, like, just getting ready for the day? Oh my gosh, I have never thought about this. <laughs> I like this question. You're all me thinking. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> Especially now because I feel like the get ready with me thing is. Exactly. And I'm doing that on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I like have the whole get ready with me thing yeah. that I do now. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about that. Um, I would say that back, back when I had hair, I feel like I had fun curling my hair. And I used to honestly like do like part it differently, braid it differently up, down. Like I feel like a, some of my friends just wear their hair down all the time. But I was, like, switching up the hair yeah. all the time. I was always adding extensions or, like – so I had definitely had fun with that aspect. And then when it started to fall out, I remember I was getting ready for something in New York, and I noticed, like, I had a huge gap in my eyebrow. Mm. And it's just – it, like, just kills you. Like, it was so hard to go through that of being this girl that I loved and I was confident and had it all, for lack of mm -hmm. better words. And then – it started to fall and it started to change and you're just completely out of your control. Yeah. So I just started like, 
I literally started drawing in the eyebrows. I had like big black eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Back in middle school, people used to call me, call them caterpillars and make fun of the eyebrows. Uh, I'm like, weird how this has played out. (laughs) I I have no eyebrows now. (laughs) Like you used to call me caterpillar eyebrows. I was like, how do you feel now? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But um, so I would draw them in and then I would put on fake eyelashes. Like now I gratefully have my own eyelashes, Mm -hmm. but for a long time I didn't and I had really patchy eyelashes. Oh, okay. So I would wear fake eyelashes every day and draw in the brows and I would not wash this part of my face. I would sleep in the eyelashes. Okay. And I would not let this, the makeup of my eyebrow come off because I was like way too scared to see like the status of the eyebrow. So I would just every day like keep it filled in and then add more in the morning Mm -hmm. and sleep with fake eyelashes on Mm -hmm. every night. Yeah. And now I, it's obviously I'm in a better place, but looking back, I'm like, I did that every night. Yeah. Because I was just so scared to like see what was happening. I just right. wanted to ignore it and, like, mm-hmm. focus on my career and my life. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't even just, like, you were scared for other people to notice. It was, like, a you waking up in the morning having to see yourself uh-huh. and look in the mirror. Really oh, that's deep. so sad. Yeah, it's deep. <laughs> yeah. And then that's just the eyebrows and the lashes. When yeah. I I couldn't even take off, I would go and get my wig, like, taken off and then clean my head and glued back on. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to turn my chair. Like, I can't look in the mirror and oh, see wow. myself without a wig on. Yeah. It's really deep and vulnerable mm-hmm. to to be like and you feel physically I felt fine so mm-hmm. I'm like without a mirror life would be great and then yeah. I have to look in the mirror and like face what I was going through yeah you know and that's just so hard because once again when something's like kind of taken from you without your permission like that's extremely difficult to have to deal with in like any facet of life like yeah. whatever it is like when you don't have a when you don't have control of your life that shakes everybody up to their core so that's the aspect that makes it so hard like you're Mm -hmm. saying a lot of women wear wigs but when I was wearing a wig Mm -hmm. it felt like this is not my choice I'm wearing this because this is happening to me and I I I I can't do anything about it yeah and at the time you felt like you had to right right yeah Yeah. um so now when you wear wigs like just change up your hair um what does that feel like to you is that does that just feel like I'm just doing it because just like every other person changes up their hair for a different look. Uh Or um, is that like a different mindset now when you wear a wig? Currently, I feel like I don't wear wigs Mm -hmm. because I'm in this part of my life that I'm like trying to build my brand more. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to wear a wig personally. And I respect everyone that does because I know a lot of girls with alopecia do wear wigs Mm -hmm. and I commend them for that. But personally, I'm just like, I want to be known like this and I want to make bald women scene and and make it normal and so I personally like don't wear wigs at the top at the moment I Mm -hmm. did for a bunch of years but um when I wear blonde wigs sometimes I'm like oh this is a mind fuck I'm like this is who I used to be Mm -hmm. and it's just sometimes it hits me that I'm like I'd rather not I just want to like love myself like this yeah I put on that blonde wig it it right now in my life feels like a crutch and I'm like I feel like I I miss that that part mm-hmm. of me and I'm like yeah. I want to make that less and less mm-hmm. so I challenge myself constantly to go out bald or to wear like a head wrap or a hat mm-hmm. so I can like express as a bald woman in my looks and not just like lean on a, a wig and also I want to show people that like you don't need it you don't need yeah, hair to yeah, fit yeah. in or to be beautiful or to be yeah. accepted and all that so yeah I feel strongly about it now. yeah and it's giving bad bitch. Like, honestly, honey, the, <laughs> right? the baldies are the baddies. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like, it's really iconic to be bald. And I'm yeah, like, we're in a time. Yeah, and yeah. we're in a time of like uh, diversity and inclusion. And I'm like, if I'm going to be bald at any year, I think this is a good time to be bald. You yeah. Know? So no, totally. I'm trying to lean into that. Yeah, yeah. I've had friends that are like, have 
shaving their hair off just because. Yeah. And when they like put a wig on, I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, check that off. Right? Because like, you just stand out in the best yeah, way possible. You really like, do. It just gives like editorial, high uh-huh. fashion, you know? And it's like unapologetic confidence. Mm-hmm. Like if you could, you're walking in and you have no hair on your head, like it takes a lot in someone to be able to do that. Yeah. So it's it's cool to see people doing yeah. that. And, and you're just, serving face too. Like, it, yes, yeah, it's, like you. it's just giving beauty. Right? It's, thank it's, you. Yeah, it's yeah. Like all your whole face is just exposed. And so. I feel like half the battle is like the confidence. Mm-hmm. People will comment on my stuff or whatever and be like, oh, it must be easy because you're pretty to be bald mm-hmm. and it's all that. And, like, people can say that to anyone on, in any aspect. Like, it's all – I feel like it all comes internally. Like, yeah. if I if I walk out – like, I don't feel pretty every day. You know what I mean? Like, if I – but if I walk out with my head held high and I'm, like, doing this, like, that yeah. – and hold, hold the confidence, I feel like that adds a level of, like, pretty and beauty to yeah. people when they're, they're owning their look and who they are. Right. More. And just because you're – situation could look different to somebody else doesn't mean that you don't struggle in your own way exactly. so it's not fair I hate when people say that like oh well you're pretty so you don't get it and it's like you can still you still fully understand it all right in, because, in yeah. your own way in your own yeah. way it's yeah. circumstantial and mm-hmm. yeah I agree yeah so moving on to sports illustrated <laughs> so she was the first bald woman to ever grace Sports Illustrated, <laughs> and be on the runway, which was super iconic, and we'll get into that. So she's a supermodel, y'all. Like, she's giving a supermodel. Um, so how did this all come about? Did you do the swim search? Yeah. Okay. So back, this was in, like, before the pandemic. Um, I remember my friend submitted, and I remember being like, oh, I want to do that, but I have to, I was wearing a wig, and I had, like, a lot of growth under my wig, and I remember thinking, oh, I'll do this when my hair grows back. Like, there's no way I'm doing this with a wig. And then my hair is growing. I'm, like, documenting it online. And then it falls out again out of nowhere. And I'm, like, okay, well, screw it. And I shaved it off. And I texted my friend. I'm, like, we're going to the beach. And we're filming this submission video. So I, like, went on the beach, ripped my wig off in this little video, submitted it, made it all the way to having a centerfold. (laughs) Insane. Yeah. So, like, like, I just – and it's crazy how it it played out because – I really remember being like, I can't do that until I have my hair back. Mm. And then it like was so much more powerful and iconic because I ha- was bald and, and didn't do it with a wig and didn't right. do it with my real hair. Yeah. yeah. And that's just amazing because you go through these circumstances and these things, but then you don't know like what the bigger picture is going to be. Yeah. And like and we'll go into like your um like your business and everything, but you've been able to inspire so many people just by being yourself and being authentic and being confident and just showing like, hey, this is this is what it is and I'm embracing it. So that's super cool and Thank kudos you. to you. That's amazing. But that is just so cool. Like Sports Illustrated is literally like one of the most iconic magazines <laughs> ever. So are you ever just like, I did that? That's crazy. <laughs> I feel like that has to be one of your talking points. Like totally. One, two, three. Yeah. That's the first one. <laughs> oh, in the Instagram bio. Yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like, it does feel really iconic yeah. to like, reflect on that part of my life and be like, I fully did that in right. a little string bikini with no hair on my head. A hundred percent. Yeah. How was working with the team and all of that? And where did you travel anywhere to shoot? Yeah, yeah. we shot in um, Turks and Caicos. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. They were so supportive and I just felt like I could at that point in my life, I feel like I was always explaining, like you were asking me, mm-hmm. I was always explaining to people why I'm bald and all that. And when I was working with them, it felt very like, I'm just Christy. Mm-hmm. I'm not like the girl's alopecia, the model's mm-hmm. alopecia. Like it was just who I am. Mm-hmm. It was just, this is her and this is her look. 
And right. that was really refreshing. That's so awesome. And Turks and Caicos, like, they, it they, was just, they took care of y'all. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, when it was I was bougie. When I was stalking, okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when I was stalking you, when I was stalking you, um, I saw you were with, um, I don't know her name, but her Instagram's like ages. Before. Yes, Kathy. Yeah, she's yes. So cute. She's like an like, icon, an and I, absolute icon. Yeah, and that's what I love about um, Sports Illustrated and like their new kind of mission of what they're doing, uh-huh. of, like being inclusive and showing like beauty is in in everyone and basically and so people can see themselves when they open that magazine so it's important. not it's now more for the female gaze over the male gaze exactly which yeah. is like so cool yeah, yeah. as it should be yes yeah. yes and then so you did the runway show was that during Miami swim week yeah okay so the, I kind of had the idea to and this was again I'm like very confident and insecure with my situation now mm-hmm. but this was a couple of years ago and I wasn't as much. Wow. So this was like a huge turning point, I feel like, um, and boost of confidence, of course, to mm. help myself. But I remember being like, I want to wear the wig and rip it off at the end of the runway. And they were all about it. Yeah. And I ripped that shit off. Like, I was so proud and it yes. felt so good uh, and just so, like, liberating to be yeah. like, this is what everyone thinks I look like. Like, this right. is the standard of beauty with this yes. stupid blonde hair. And then I ripped it off and it was just so, like, freeing and so celebratory so yeah right. that was awesome that was so cool like seeing the, the video lives on yeah you know? it lives on and what's so crazy about it like watching that video or watching your submission video you wouldn't think that at the time you were still kind of struggling and battling that mental state and like your own confidence just because you're watching the video you're like oh my gosh she's like so confident and her situation Faking but it. you were like Faking it, yeah girl. fake it till you make it that's crazy yeah yeah uh, totally and i think that's what i keep saying about going into new situations or experiences in life like if you mm-hmm. Hold yourself to this this standard of like being pretending that you're confident. Like more opportunities and, and people perceive you differently. Mm-hmm. It's so I even today I'm still some days of course I'm like I want to have my hair back. I don't yeah. want to deal with this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. But you have to like I know that it's for a bigger purpose and I'm just like constantly on this self love journey of like getting to a place of forever trying to accept it you know yeah yeah I always say fake it till you make it too. There's there's like an interview with Rihanna and it says so she's like. They're like, what do you do when you don't feel like and you, you don't yeah, wake up and you don't I, feel I like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you just fake it. And I'm like, you don't have, you don't really have a choice in this yeah, world. Like, you, you literally don't. have to fake it until you make it. Because also you start believing it yourself. Like, mm-hmm. once, like, if I'm, like, I wake up happy, I'm like, you start believing, oh, I am happy. And then it just kind of goes into the rest of your life. Which totally. Is, and people yeah. perceive you that way. And mm-hmm. that is, like, a, a mirror back on yourself. Right. Like you're seeing that people are, like, thinking that, oh, she's all confident and sure of herself. Then you start to be like, well, maybe I am, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It yeah, helps. Yeah. 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 So kind of going into your business, you're the founder of Baltarage, which I think is the coolest name Thank ever. You. I was like, oh, I was, when I was like writing all the notes uh-huh. and I said it out loud and my boyfriend was like, wait, that eats. Like that name is <gasps> I love so it. Good. Oh, good. Yeah. You know? So what inspired the name? Yeah. Like, tell us about Baltarage. Yeah. So it, I made it, I created it during um, the pandemic. And I used to be, like, when I would walk into a bar or with my girls in college, with, like, my sorority girls, it would be, like, the Blontourage, like, a bunch Mm. of blondes or whatever. And so I was, like, oh, the Baltourage, because I feel like it has this, like, a group of women that are supporting each other and they're backing each other up as, like, an entourage type thing. So that's how that came to be, because I used to be, like, the Blontourage. Yeah. Um, And it's a community for women and girls with hair loss, and we do, like, different um, events online every month. We have a mentorship program. We have, like, a meetup night where the moms come on and chat with each other. The ladies come on. We, like, sip wine, have this little night every month. We have different activities. This week we have, like, a little Halloween party, uh, pumpkin carving. 
And then I have um, in-person events. So the girls get – it's mostly little girls, but a lot of women also with alopecia will come. And we just, like – I have a runway that I set up, and I let the girls walk down the runway. Oh, we make it, like, so official. I'm like, welcome yeah. to the Balterash Fashion Show. Oh and the girls will, like, put on a wig and walk down the runway and snatch their wig off like I did for Sports yeah. Illustrated. So it's become, like, a, a thing that the girls are like, oh, I want to go do that in person with you. Like, we'll do it online and on Zoom because yes. I teach a confidence club for them every week but they want to like do it in person and like yeah so yeah. it's become this like this like energy behind the yeah. events in, in real life yeah. yeah I watched the video that Susie I think she yeah. filmed it yeah I was like I have to go to one of those yeah that is like so iconic so cool what you're doing and have, it's so moving and inspirational yeah. for outsiders to see these girls like being so unapologetic yes. oh there it is <gasps> oh yeah yes Dude. that is so awesome oh my god yeah they're they're the best they they're are so my inspiration behind a lot of pretty much everything that I do totally you know? and what's so inspiring about it too is that obviously like the focus the focal point is like women and girls living with alopecia but at the same time there's I was gonna say there's so much baldness through like in different scenarios yeah. so there's like people that are living with cancer or um, my friends at Disney that do the Wakanda girls they had to all shave their head bald, really yeah to do like that role and so oh, that I was, have to see it oh yeah, that's really it, cool it's so cool and um they and at that time, it, was, it could be it's difficult because you're like, they're all black too. So like that idea of like right. shaving your hair off and like your crutch, you know, so watching them go through that process. And then was honestly, it hard for them? Um, I feel like for some of them, I feel like for some of them it was, obviously it was still a choice. So like they knew what they were getting themselves into. Right. They wanted to do the role. So they knew that they had to be bald for that. But I think it was like adjustment. But totally. overall, I think they, because it once again, it was a choice. They were able to adjust pretty quickly, but just like... Still, it's like still, it's like you're like, your like that moment is yeah. that, and then like all those like curls or like yeah. kinky curls and coils leaving your hair and like on the floor has to be like the craziest. It's vulnerable, experience. totally. I have this hunch that I think everyone should be bald at for at least like six months of their life. Yeah, if you just learn so much about yeah. life, about yourself, about how people perceive you. Like mm -hmm. it's very telling. Yeah, it, it's very like um, teaches you a lot about who you are. Yeah, yeah. and I feel it's like, it almost feels like. I feel like it would feel like me being in like my rawest form for yeah, some reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you yeah. go ahead. Just expose like your rawest form, but like you never can. It's never goes away. Yeah, it's not like this thing that you can. Sometimes I'm like, can I clock out of alopecia? Mm -hmm. Like, can I just not deal with it today? Yeah, and it's just even when you have a wig on, it's still a part of your life, right? Constantly. Yeah. yeah, and for my boyfriend too, he just he shaved his hair off because he was just like. Typical male things like balding and like, oh, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, it's time to go. And he shaved it off. And he honestly has been like having to adjust to it. Yeah. And I ask I him every day, it. like, how do you feel? Like, and he's like, I'm, it, it's okay. Like, I'm just trying to like deal with it. And it, so basically just to say that although like your business is, you know, catered to a lot of women and girls that are living with alopecia, but so many people can watch this movement and be like, I can relate to that in some degree, That's whether so it's true. Like a man that has well, either alopecia or they're, like my boyfriend had to shave yeah. their hair off or you do a role at Disneyland, yeah. you know, like there's so many different really? variables as to why this is inspiring for yeah. other people. That's such a good point. Cause I feel like sometimes as a bald woman with alopecia that it's unique and no one gets it, the bald aspect, mm -hmm. but you are right that there's everybody, there's a level of hair that everybody has a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So totally. it's a good reminder that it really yeah. hits people from all walks of life. Yeah, even all when it's by choice. Yeah. Like, you still have to deal with that, like, days where you, like, oh, was that the right choice? Or, yeah. you know, letting go of your hair. So, yeah. 
you inspirational girl. <laughs> um, so how has having Valtaraj been like the impact that you've made, especially in the little girls' lives? Like, what has that been like for you seeing that? Yeah, I would say that it's like healed me so much. They've taught me so much. They've helped me so much. Like to see like a seven, eight, nine year old just like going to school with her head held high, laughing, having friends with no hair, no brows, no lashes, no nothing. And she's in this town that no one looks like her. Her siblings all don't look like her. Her parents, her family, her friends, her teachers, no one looks like her. Mm-hmm. But she is going to school every day and just like, it's just so beautiful because I, it's so hard to do as an adult sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so many women struggle. So many women are, are like in this like jail of a, of wearing a wig and want to get out there and are, but are so scared mm-hmm. because it's really vulnerable. Like we've been saying, so seeing the, the girls do it, I'm just like more power to you. It's so amazing that they can just be so unapologetic. So that working with them has like healed me tenfold. Yeah. Like they've, they've really changed my life. And mm-hmm. I feel like so many things that I do in my career and in my life is like for them. And I'm right. just like, I feel like I'm leading the path and like, laying down the red carpet so they can like walk it more smoothly when they're older. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. And I feel like that would, that kind of gives you even more confidence too. one, knowing that you're helping these little girls, but right. two, like watching them be able to be so confident in their skin and go to school and you know, they're not really like wearing makeup or anything right. like that. So it's like even more vulnerable. I feel like, and they're just living doing their best it. life. They're doing living it. their best yeah. life. It's so beautiful. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, can, can us adults like think, yeah the, the kids think because mm-hmm. they're just like yeah they're just like out there doing it yeah and like we're so like what are people thinking what are people totally. saying like yeah but they're yeah. just so free it's mm-hmm. really beautiful have you found that like how are the parents to those kids like the dynamic of that because since they're adults and they know yeah. the real world and they know girl you got <laughs> the, the cues honey these are great <laughs> <you>. i love <laughs> this um i because i feel like i i work with the moms a lot so i have a interesting perspective about it because the girls are free and but the moms are women like us who maybe have never had some sort of difference in their life or some sort of uh change or hardship or resistance mm-hmm. whatever and now their child is going through something. So it's completely, and they're not necessarily in pain. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guilt that these moms feel. There's a lot of like helplessness and it's a lack of control. Like it's not happening to them. It's happening to their daughter. And they're seeing how their daughter is being, sometimes being treated or or not. Or And they, as women, we have this expectation and of like, we just talked about this the other night on our meetup, like the expectation, maybe it's not what you thought that you're, kid was going to look like or you mm-hmm. thought so lessening that and like being more open and accepting of this different experience mm-hmm. so it's definitely harder on the moms yeah. most most of the time because the girls sometimes some of the girls who are growing up with it it's they don't know life any differently mm-hmm. which there's like so much uh bl- ignorance is bliss like kind of mm-hmm. thing they don't know any different they can't yeah. miss it because they never had it mm-hmm. whereas like I can miss it because I had it for 22 years right. so when I see these girls growing up with it I'm like God bless them because they don't have to like miss that. So I would say that the moms, but the moms I work with are doing everything they can to help yeah. and like to be there for their kid and support mm-hmm. their kid. And yeah, it's beautiful to see moms caring so much mm-hmm. and getting their kids involved in this. Yeah. Stuff. And that's yeah. great. You talk to the moms too. Cause I feel like when situations happen, people forget that there's two parties at play and you know, yeah. the moms are experiencing life for the first time too. They're experiencing 
this situation in life for the first time too. So there, you know, has to be some type of grace within that as well. But um, I think people forget, like, it's hard for people to adjust to different circumstances mm -hmm. too. But that's great that you talk to the moms and like yeah. give them that too. So they can, especially coming from another woman, they can right. be able to like understand that a little bit more. And someone like these, I know what it's like. Mm -hmm. And I remind the moms, I'm like, you're, you can support and be there for your kids, but you will never understand what it feels like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you, we, it's, you have hair. Yeah. The moms like you, you have hair, so you don't understand it, but they're doing like the best that they yeah. can. And it's really beautiful. I'm like, if I ever have kids, I have a great, a bunch of role model moms to ask yeah. like what's going yeah. on about life. Yeah. yeah they're great. Awesome. So where do you hope to see Baltarage go in the future? Yeah. Oh, um, I would say just expand, expanding more and more and more and more live events and more, um, runway wig snatches yes. and <laughs> right. And just like, on a, on a bigger level, on a larger scale, mm -hmm. and um, touching more people because the amount of messages and emails and comments that I've had that this has legitimately changed people's lives, mm -hmm. it really has. I'm not even saying that because I started it, but the it's a community like that uh, thrives when we're leaning on each other. Right. And I think that like it's it's just given so many people hope, and it's given so much so many moms peace of heart and peace of mind. And I just think that it needs to touch more people because it's changed so many people's lives drastically. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. You're going to go on tour, girl, with Baltimore. Uh, 100%. Yes. 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 That's I awesome. That. So while I was looking you up quickly, I saw that you were supposed to be on Big Brother. And I was like, oh, my get gosh. Get into it. Yeah, let's get into <laughs> it. But then, well, just tell us what happened, why you didn't end up going on Big Brother. Yeah. So I was, like, cast the whole thing, went through the whole process, had this little part of me that was a little, like, should I be doing this? I was a little... Mm. hesitant and scared um and then I was in the hotel it was um they like quarantine you they take your phone they you can't use the phone and you know like yeah. reality shows mm -hmm. you can't do any of that and I'm like in this hotel I went to the the CBS lot filmed my whole shit like the whole thing took my wig off did the whole like intro I was mm -hmm. gonna like go into the house with a wig um to like fake people out yeah I did the whole thing and then somehow tested positive for COVID uh that didn't have any symptoms though yeah. and was sent home and yeah they had already like posted it um yeah. to the world and the big brother fandom's crazy right so i like got back my phone i had like a million messages and like it was really hard honestly i'm sure because one i mean that's such a big opportunity too so like that's also why people do these types of shows as well. I mean, that's why I would be doing a show. Like, right. Tough. Let's not get it Yeah, I always, I would tell Susie too. I was like, if I was ever on The Bachelor, I'm here know, for all the wrong reasons. I'm here for all the wrong reasons. I'm here for fame and fame only. So everyone else. At least you're being honest I'm being about honest, it. So, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sure that was super, super hard. And yeah. um, would you, would you do it again? Or would you do another reality show if you could? Uh, Well, I don't know. Like I yeah. have had other opportunities come up and I like, started the process and then I was like I don't think I can do this because I was really fucked up for a little bit after that yeah. I, it was traumatizing and then totally. there was a bunch of like stuff on Twitter that like the Big Brother fandom's crazy mm. and I saw memes of being bald and like comments and all of that and not even like they didn't no one even had like an opinion about me because they didn't even get to see my personality or anything yeah. they saw a picture of me but it was just because I have a different look I guess it was just a little overwhelming and I was just not prepared for like that type of exposure mm -hmm. and then to not be on the show. I'm like, I could take the hit if like 
I'm going to get something out of yeah, the show. Yeah. But I didn't even get to get on the show. So right. it was a little, it was a lot at the time. People yeah. are just so cruel and like, yeah, I can't. And especially what's cruel about it too is because a, since people don't know, but since some to the eye, someone cannot know if it's like a sickness right. or like alopecia, you would think that regardless what it, regardless, no one should be saying anything that's negative. Totally. But you would think that people would be like, Oh, maybe it's like, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Like, maybe a little reserved. Yeah, it's the like, they're like, no. Yeah. Her. Like, I'm like, uh -huh. people are nuts. Like, yeah. the internet is. And insane. then I wasn't even on it to like show. It was literally yeah. just like an image of a bald girl. And I was like, this is kind of annoying that this is how this is played out. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, well, more opportunities to totally. come along. Yeah. What's meant for me is going to. Exactly. Totally yes. So, kind of ending off with you're a dancer, like we talked about. So, I saw that you teach dance classes. And how often do you teach dance? Or, like, where can people find you to take class? Yeah. I gotta take a class with you. Cause I, Girl, I like you're to, asking the best question. Yeah. Yes. I have to, like, you have to come. I, I don't really take heels classes like that, but I'm trying to get my sexy on. You, you know? gotta come. You have yeah, to yeah. come. I, no, I'm gonna come. Susie keeps telling me she wants to come too. We'll come like, together. Yes. And yeah, that'd be wine. So, so you can oh. get a little liquid current. Yeah. I, I did yeah. A, um, a heels class for my friends at Bachelorette. Fun. And we like took shots in the parking lot, obviously. You have to. Yeah. And then we were filling ourselves. We danced to Naughty Girl by Beyonce. Of Fun. Yeah, okay. That's the vibe of my class. We yeah. like, drink wine. We like meet other women, other people. Mm -hmm. Um, talk about life a little bit and then we like learn a fun sexy combo yeah. we do like walks across the floor oh, but I teach every Thursday night okay. um, in Glendale and yeah it's it's like confidence building for yeah. adults and it's mm -hmm. meeting new people and it's drinking wine and it's having like this little like girls night out yeah so come through anyone come yes, through yes, come dance yes. you don't have to wear heels you can wear socks or sneakers okay. or whatever you want just come through yeah, yeah. awesome I'm, I'm gonna take you up on that because i'm really trying to take i'm gonna follow class. up with you girl yeah. like, no no no, no. I'm like, me and Susie are gonna come yeah through yeah thursday night Definitely. and throw it throw it back yeah <laughs> awesome okay cool so ending it off what message would you want to spread to anyone that is listening right now Hmm, putting me on the spot. Yeah, it's a pageant question. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay, um, I would say any message that I would like to share, um, I would say, like, I guess, like, believe in yourself. Like, you can literally accomplish and do anything on any level that you want in your life. You really, truly can if you believe in yourself. And I think no matter the circumstance that you're going through or – where, what you look like, where you're from, you're anything, none of that. Like, if you believe in yourself and you keep at it, like, I really think that anything's possible. And I am also saying this to remind myself mm -hmm. of that, you know, because we all have the self-doubt. But, like, you can accomplish anything. Just believe and love yourself. Love that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I preach that here all the time. Like, main character energy. Yes. That's why I have that 100% yes. savage. Uh, because I truly think, like, we could do everything. Like, I'm, like, a hardcore psycho Beyonce fan, like, Oh, I could, girl, we could get you. I love it. But you know, it's like, <laughs> no, but I'm like a hardcore Beyonce fan. And even though I feel like she is just not even on the same level of anybody else, yeah, she's still a person at the end of the day. And that we can all strive to yeah. be like that great or that talented or whatever you want to do. Like, someone, if someone's like, I want to be the next Beyonce, yes, you can be the next Beyonce. So I always have that in my head. Same like, with me. she's Beyonce, but I'm also giving Beyonce. Yeah. And yeah. it's all going to align when it's meant to. And mm -hmm. what's meant for you is going to come and the timing is going it, to, it's going to make sense. Like, we, we can do our best every day, but like the, the timing and what's meant is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But keep at it. If you really yeah. believe in yourself and you really want it, Stars of the show, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's yep. all we are. Yep. <laughs> so can you tell people where to find you, um, where there's social media accounts, and also like something that maybe you are looking forward to do in the future? Yeah. What, what's up with 
What's up with you? Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E dot V-A-L. And then it's out of Sari, but it'll probably come up if you type that in. <laughs> and then um, I, I'm trying to build my heels classes. Yeah. I really want to create more of like a women empowerment brand outside of Baltarage, mm-hmm. outside of hair loss. So my heels classes, I want to like expand and get more people in there and more women coming together and meeting each other and going on a tour of my own in some capacity. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it. But thank you so much for joining me, being on Dear Imani, telling your story, sharing everything with us, the viewers and the listeners. I feel like this was such a good episode. And thank you so much for joining us. But that is it. This was great. Thanks, girl. You asked the best questions. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So sweet. Thank you. And I will see all of you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. You can watch the full episode on YouTube and make sure to send in your stories and questions at dearymoney.com. Reminder, I am not responsible for the outcome of any advice you take from me. Unless it's good, then I get all the credit. See you next week. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.